Welcome to the fifth episode of Podunk America. This week we're going to be talking about Slab City, which is an abandoned city in California. And this week, again, I have my sister Carolyn with us, and here she is. Hi. Okay, so Slab City, if you haven't heard of it, is an abandoned town in California that was originally used as a place uh, for military use back in the days. And it got abandoned, and people just started coming there to just squat. And it's called the last town in America with no rules or no laws. And it's a lawless town with no military presence, no police presence. And there's a few sides of this town that you'd be surprised of. So, Karen, have you ever heard of uh, Slab City, or have you heard about anything that is similar to it? I haven't heard of that city in particular, but I have heard about, like, a civilization here and there that are low on police or have no police forces. Do you have any examples of that, or do you just remember that from hearing it somewhere? I just really remember it from hearing it somewhere in history. So, uh, Slab City, one side of it is actually surprisingly artistic side. So, once you enter Slab City, there's you'll notice there's a lot of memorials and a lot of artistic uh, statues, mementos, just about anything. And a side of the town, there's a bunch of people that live in houses that are made up of reused resources. So that's anything from tires, appliances, old wood, cars, anything they can really find for free. And what they're living in is just a piece of art and with that they they just go off of each other and they live there rent free they don't, they just claim their land they go circle it around with whatever they can find just to show like this is their house and the that's just one part that's just really great about this town uh have you heard anything like that about people making anything uh from just reused materials yeah i heard about some houses in the middle of the desert where they were using recycled materials to make sustainable housing yeah, so the sustainable housing is actually pretty hard to make, especially when you're not using just your regular drywall, wood, and framing, and all this other stuff. But they're making some houses that are just in shapes that you would never even expect. So a big staple of Slab City is actually called uh, Salvation Mountain or Art Mountain. And this was actually uh, just a started off as just a basic project of building a house and kind of turned into just the art project that Slab City is known for. And this was built by Leonard Knight. And originally, he had planned to make an art uh, piece just made out of mud and paint and just go off of what he was thinking. And his first one that he started on in the same location, which is just past the entrance at Slab City, it was it was really cool, but it didn't stand time it, after just a few months of being up it collapsed and people got heard about his art project and they started uh giving him supplies so he could make something that was bigger and that would be sustained time uh sadly he did pass away a few years ago but is kept up by the the occupants of slab city and that could be anyone that's living there for a year to someone that's been living there for 10 years but that's really what it's known for is that Salvation Mountain. And that's that, that artistic side of the town that people just love. 
And you can see on top of that mountain there is a big white cross and it's in a bunch of multi-colors and just really cool color schemes because some of the stuff like he had a use of mud where he he would form almost a tree trunk and he would he would slap a piece of mud on there and he would punch it in and he would color it in and he, he would just call those his flowers and you can see those throughout the mountain and you can actually go inside that mountain and look at the other pieces of art that he's done and it's said that he's used over a hundred thousand gallons of paint to finish that and that's just going to be his long lasting piece of art that's going to just be there forever or at least until it's not maintained but at the moment it's been maintained and people have added on to it and it's the destination spot for anyone that's going into slab city karen have you ever heard of anybody doing something to that scale no, it sounds crazy. Yeah, well, people always say that it looks big in pictures, but once you actually get there, it's it's amazing that this guy did this in just the year or two that they said his time frame was. But it looks like something that could have been done anywhere between 10 to like almost 30 years because just the mass size and the different aspects of the entire thing. Because you'll, you'll see art from anything from christian uh christian sayings christian emblems anything from the bible and then you'll go into another section and you'll just see animals that he made up or like i said those flowers that he formed on the walls and it's just amazing that someone can just be that creative and come up with something like that uh have you ever heard of anyone doing something like that that's just so memorable or something that's gonna last a long time no, it seems like it's a bit of a shrine, but it's a very large shrine. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. He he always said uh I was watching a video on him earlier and he said that he really he didn't want people to remember him as him. He wanted to be remembered as the guy that built something or a guy that had a piece of art that captivated a large amount of the public to go see. He said he always wanted to be an artist that one he just really wanted to be known he didn't want to be someone that is selling his arts for millions and millions and millions he just wanted to live his life the way it is go with the flow and if his art pieces made an impact then that's his ultimate goal so the other side of this place is it's actually a big place that people go to that sadly is the use of drugs and that's just something that's torn parts of this town apart but you never know it because the people that are doing those drugs or they're drinking or they're doing psychedelics any of that type of stuff there's still a community in some aspects where they're they're put off into a corner of the town people know that they're doing it and like i said it's a lawless town it's not no cops or anything going that area and it's actually turned out to be a place that people still visit and people still go in that area and just go and talk to those people and listen to their stories throughout there. There's been a, a few YouTubers that have gone through there just to see what the place is all about because there's a bunch of different aspects about it from that art aspect all the way over to the drug aspects. And then you have the people that are just there just to live their lives or pass through. And the, the drug aspect really, it's... People that are what I've heard and what I've seen, it, it seems like the people are just lost. And what they see is they see a community that does do drugs, the, they're illegal drugs, but 
They just want to find a place that they can call home because a lot of them have stories of rejection or sexual assault or just stories that you'll hear and it'll, you know, that it just changes someone throughout that. But like it, we're from Seattle and if you go down downtown Seattle, you'll see a lot of homeless people down there and you'll see a different culture of people doing drugs of where they're trying to do everything they can to get a hold of that drug and they're trying to just live their life in a one-minded aspect of I need this, I need that and if you go down downtown Seattle now you'll go and you'll most likely you'll see needles everywhere and the YouTubers that went through there and they they said it was actually a really clean area for being known for that drug area and the the people will tell you they'll flat out tell you that they do drugs and they they've said that they're not proud of it but they do they find a community down there and they just want to live their life at the moment that they're at right now and just continue to to do what they want and most of them are younger age uh ranging from about 20 years old to about 30 and there's still some of those older souls that are in there that kind of mix in with everybody but everybody from any age just really goes in there and they find their own space and that's all uh that slab city is about is just finding your own space finding your own group i mean it's it's sort of like high school you got your own cliques in certain areas but it's just a place that people find themselves and they find what they want to do just knowing that uh when you first heard me talk about how they said or about how the the drugs were used in there uh what were you picturing when i was saying that well i was starting to picture seattle but then you started describing that it was a cleaner city and it sounds like it would be a cool city to do like an art walk scene through if they cleaned up the drug abuse well so the the only problem with that is it is in the desert, so uh, the people that are living there, the, they don't have much to do, and they do lean on those drugs a little bit more. Uh, a lot of them don't do the, the harder drugs. Uh, there's a lot of marijuana going through there. Um, there is a lot of psychedelics that goes through there, and you can see that with uh, their art that they, they sell, actually, alongside the road there. Uh, anything from blankets to baskets to just little trinkets that the people that are stopping by will come in there and buy buy something uh give the community a little bit of money through there and they'll they'll do what they want with it but at the moment all they're trying to do is live their life and the people seem super nice the super outgoing not your average druggie in any way and they just seem like they just want to be in that community and they just want to be in a place that they feel safe and Honestly, if they think that that's what makes them feel safe, that all power to them. Uh, a lot of them say they don't like to be in those big city areas or around that just nine to five job because some of them have mental issues. And I actually watched an interview of a guy that literally told the interviewer, uh, I'm mentally insane. I've, I have papers for it, but coming to Slab City has almost brought a sanity to me that I couldn't have got in the in the big city area and he just talks about how he's still still insane he says he keeps his papers in his wallet just in case because you never know what happens but he said the slab city has helped him out more than anything he could have ever asked for so knowing so, some of those aspects uh do you think 
that a lot of those people are there for different reason or do you think that they're all there for the a similar reason it sounds like most of them are there for the community aspect they're trying to find a community that they can fit into because back in like the bigger cities and stuff it's harder to find for these different people it's harder to find groups that they fit into so here they have a community that they can be a part of and relate to yeah that's a good point um it seems like they do just have like a circular area that they're all just trying to find themselves and it it really it goes from any age the the clinically insane guy he was in his 60s gray hair and everything and he said he's still trying to find himself then you got the people that are in their 20s or possibly even 18 or they're just coming out from a generation where they don't know exactly what they want to do and they've been forced in certain areas that they're not comfortable in and when they they get there they actually feel super invited and they feel like they've found a place that they can call home so talking about the the different aspects of this town uh, another big part is how inviting all the people are there all of them have different backgrounds all of them have different agendas and they're all going to be there for a different amount of time but if you drive through there, they're all going to tell you uh, their story if you ask. And they'll help you through a lot of stuff because you'll just hear their stories and you'll feel bad for them. Or, you know, you'll just you'll learn some aspects that you wouldn't have learned from another place. But there's a there's another part of the town that is actually kind of centered around smaller town life. There's uh, there's actual houses that are built there with drywall. Um still have art pieces around it so they'll have spray paint murals or art murals or even just statues or any other type of just art in general around their house so they're still having a key part of their their actual area that they live in being art but there's they're living in your still like normal modern age houses but they're they're building it as a, a town. They're not hiring anybody to do it. They have certain people in there that have certain jobs. That they'll have one plumber or they'll have one um don't like they need a plumber because a lot of them don't have any plumbing whatsoever. But a few of them do have sinks and some of the other things. But it's a lot of porta potty type or outhouse type thing. But they'll they'll have jobs like that, and a lot of people do construction and. Some of them even, I, I heard about someone that is just a well-being checker where they'll go around town, they know everybody in there, or if they don't, they'll learn about everybody in there. And they'll just make sure that everybody's doing okay, making sure that everybody's still on the path that they were looking for. And it's just people like that that make that town just really different than everybody else because if you go into bigger cities, you're not going to have anybody like that. Even sometimes if you have family, you're not going to have family that's going to be checking in on you like that all the time. But if you have someone that's making sure that you're on the right path, a lot of those people will end up leaving the that area and they'll be better off because of their experience there and their life will be a lot better. And that's just amazing to think that there's someone like that that can just set someone off on a different path. Uh, Carolyn, have you ever heard of anybody that does anything like that other than like something like a, a, a guidance counselor or anything, but someone that just does that out of the kindness and the heart? 
No, not really, but this town sounds like it's a good community, because if you come into these larger cities, nobody really wants to help you or wants to talk to you, and, you know, in this town, it sounds like everybody's pretty inviting and open to a conversation. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, It's been told a lot that it's just a family environment. Everybody's trying to help each other. They're trying to have fun at the same time. They... they <laughs> What I'm about to talk about next is some of their insane things that they do, but there, there's almost a part that to be sane, you have to have part of yourself that's a little insane, and the that that's what I'm gonna talk about next is they have things where one they love fire. <laughs> if you watch any video or if you read any article about this area, fire most likely is gonna be involved in that, and. It's a celebratorial type of thing because a lot of them will have bonfires, but they'll invite everybody from the community to come over and they'll just be talking and just having a good time over there. And another thing that they, they ended up creating is their fire sports. Uh, I watched uh, an interview of a guy that he's the the guy that gathers all the wood and all the all the usage of gasoline and matches and all that to to have these big fires and parties. And he talks about how they play a game called Fire Jenga where they go and they go get logs from uh, wherever they, they grab them, wherever they can find them for cheap or no money at all. And they set up a Jenga set and they get about 10 people and they set the thing on fire. They put welder gloves on, put welder masks on, and they just go and they just have fun. And it, it's almost something like that that you need in your life or something that isn't normal that makes you feel like you're living and that you're going on the right path. Some people have it where they need adrenaline and they go to extreme sports, but these people are just, they want to be a community and they want to do they want to do fire jenga and they do stuff even like fire volleyball they talk about they'll make a net at about just about anything they'll drench the thing in uh in gasoline or they'll drench it in lighter fluid and they'll just play volleyball until either the volleyball pops or someone gets burnt and that's just how they play and it's it's amazing that people what they'll come up with when you're not used to being out there without all the the amenities that you have out here because you have anything from a TV to a fridge that you, you won't think of twice when you're living in a house or living in a city and you're not going to really think that you're going to need those. And then you go outside and you're like, wow, I really miss this. I really miss that. But once you get past that mindset of, materials then you're gonna end up having a community type area like this and it's amazing to think that there's this many people that can get together and this many different type of people that can get together and have the the fun and the life stories that they're creating so carolyn i know you're a freshman in high school so is there anything that you've seen yet in high school that kind of shows you like any aspects of Slab City or how grouping is involved? Um, it seems like there's one big group rather than a bunch of cliques 
whereas maybe there's just like a group that dr- does drugs and a group that doesn't. But it seems like one big family, and it just seems like a city in need of a creative outlet, and this is their place to get that. Yeah, and talking about it earlier is art is just a big part of the area. There's a lot of people that will just drive through Slab City just to see the art and just see the people that are creating this, hear their stories and see why they're doing this. And a lot of those people, they'll they'll be inspired by some of these people. And with something like Slab City not existing, these people wouldn't have an outlet. They They might be doing crime, they might be in jail, they might be doing other things, but at the moment they're living their life and they're just thinking of different ways that they can come out uh, artistically. And you can go and you'll see different types of people there. There's an interview of a guy that he used to do performance car parts. He used to build turbochargers for uh, drag Corvettes. And he's living in an artistic house made out of tires. And he said, uh, I miss that life for some points but i wouldn't give up the life i'm having right now for any other life and that's that's because he's living what he thinks is his full potential other people may say well go back to your regular job go get paid go do this go do that but if you don't believe that you're living the life that you were supposed to live then why why continue it that's going to wrap up the, the last episode of this season of Podunk America. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you, Carolyn, for being on this episode and some of the other ones you were on. Uh, I hope you guys continue to listen and watch out for season two and see some of the, the other episodes and towns we'll be talking about later.